Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au. Thank you, Father. You are Lord of all, and you're Lord today, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be in the house of the Lord together. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> the rain's come. Love that rain. So we're in the middle this month. Well, not quite in the middle, almost in the middle. We'll be after today. Of everything necessary. That series that we've got going for the months of October. And the scripture there, 2 Peter 1.3, I can pray this because his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life. And through godliness, life and godliness, through the rich knowledge of the one who called us to his own glory and excellent excellence. Last week, we heard from our pastors, Tony and Patsy, and they talked about blame and blessing and how we have a choice when things go wrong when things go right sometimes we can either sit there and blame someone or we can look at the bigger picture we can choose to look for the blessing and some of the points that he made is choose not to place blame on God or people to step back and consider the bigger picture and the question was asked can a person hinder the plan of God And what is our part in that? Because God is the fulfiller of dreams. And basically saying we have a choice to choose to trust God. He then went on to say, both of them went on to say, that not blaming does four things. Positions you for blessing. Keeps you healthy. Keeps your relationships with others healthy. And when necessary, keeps a restoration of relationship close at hand. You know, we knew a lady when we were younger, an older lady, who had a really beautiful spirit. She loved God, she served God, and was just absolutely, just, just a lovely, sweet old lady. And she had something terrible happen in her childhood, something awful. And she was asked once, how do you keep your attitude right? And she answered this, she said, forgiveness and love. And I chose not to be a victim twice. The first time I had no choice in. The second time, I choose. And I choose love. I choose a way of forgiveness. And it had no hold on her at all because of that. Joseph could have chosen to blame. But he chose God. We're continuing today all about building balance. Another BB. Blame, blessing, building, balance. Sorry, just... (laughs) You know I'm like that. Nina. One of the things I really like about that particular scripture is those words. Everything necessary for life and godliness. And I think that's the thing that was really on our pastor's hearts is to have a time of just equipping, um, equipping one another. And so today, Jeff and I are going to be looking at, um, upon Pastor Tony's request specifically, building balance in different parts of our lives. Um, And so I like to think 
of the Word of God. We know that it's living and active and it does that when we apply it to our lives. It becomes a life and produces life in us. But I like to be practical with my examples. So, <laughs> I raided the garage. I got into Jeff's things. <laughs> and I got a hammer. Okay, no, it's a screwdriver. <laughs> Just testing to see if you're awake. And, and, and what's that one, darling? Oh, that's a spanner. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, in life, in a practical sense, things need fixing or they need adjusting. They might need tightening, um, building, repairing, strengthening. And the Word of God, when we apply it to our lives, that's exactly what it does. Yeah, praise God. And so today we are going to look at how applying the toolkit for life, the Word of God, to our lives, into different parts of our lives, um, has really made a difference for us. Now, I do want to say this is going to be a real relaxed family time, okay? We're called Rhema Family Church. And we want to have this real atmosphere of being relaxed together. So nothing cre creates relaxation better than a cup of coffee <laughs> or tea if you're a tea drinker. What so. have you got in there? <laughs> well, you'd half be the surprised. house is in there half the time. <laughs> I seem to have most things that you ask for or need in there. <laughs> so let's just imagine <clears throat> we're in the lounge room together and we're just having a family chat. Can we do that this morning as we come around his word? So I wanted to put coffee into there. But I knew I might be in big trouble from our facilities manager, Juliana. <laughs> so I thought, let's be good and do the right thing. So we've just got water. <laughs> but let's just pray as we do come around the word. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you are life and you've given us your holy word that is living and active. And so today as we come around your word, as we explore some of the tools that you've given us in your word, we just thank you right now that you will speak to us by your Holy Spirit and you will strengthen us and edify us in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. So I want to say Jeff and I are by no means experts. We haven't arrived. We're still on our way. We're still learning and we're still growing. But some of these areas that we've juggled in life, um, family, work and, and church life, um, we applied some biblical principles to all those areas of our lives and we just want to share from the heart some of those things that helped us. And I'm less expert than she is. <laughs> I don't know about that. I like how Paul and Jasmine said, you know, you, you complement one another's strengths um, and you give grace to the weaknesses. <laughs> That's relationship in general, isn't it? Any relationship. So... Just a little bit of a background on us. Um, I did not come from a Christian home. My mother got born again when I was four and my dad was not a believer. And my, my, my home life was very dysfunctional. So I didn't have um, really positive role models. Um, there was a lot of rejection and abandonment in my home. Um, my father has now passed away. But because of that, um, you know, I didn't have the role models to draw from how to do life, how to do marriage. My parents had a terrible marriage. In fact, I, I swore that I didn't ever want to get married. I thought, if that's what it is, I don't want a piece of that. And then she met me. <laughs> Everything changed. <laughs> so my, my background is a little different. I grew up in the church, uh, in a Pentecostal church. Uh, my mum and dad were both involved. 
which, um, which is great. So very stable, very, very strong family, very grounded in the church. We were never there on time. We're always there early, right? So we're always involved. We always had to be there early, at least 20 minutes before a service start. Um, my mum was involved in music. My dad was a deacon, uh, treasurer later on. So church was our life, part of our life. We met in youth, in the youth group, so young people Ooh. get into youth. Great things happen in youth, as well as connecting with God, obviously. <laughs> but you can meet some really cute people in youth. <laughs> um, we actually didn't start out that way at all. Um, one of my friends was actually crushing on Jeff and thought he was the cutest thing since sliced bread. And um, I remember her you know, telling me about her little you know, heart palpitations over Jeff, and I'd say... If he was the last guy on earth, I wouldn't marry him. <laughs> so be careful what you say, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we married young and we both worked full time. Um, we did, did life very active in the church. Um, we had children eight years into marriage. So during that time we were newly married, there was some, we were heavily involved. So to give you an idea of what one particular segment of our life looked like. I was doing a Bible study course or Bible uh, college course on Mondays and Wednesday night. I worked full time. Tuesday night we led a connect group. Thursday night was our free night. Friday night we were both leaders in Royal Rangers which was uh, a youth group. Uh, we we're also leaders in uh, youth which was on Saturday night and we we're there twice on Sunday and I was a muso and she was a singer. So uh, that particular time we were, we were super busy and super involved. But we had to learn how to have balance in our lives because um, busyness is not an excuse for existing. Um, we found that we, what we needed to do was we needed to be very intentional with our time. Have you noticed these days when you say to people, you know, how are you? People go, oh, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. Um, it's, you know, become like a standard response. But... We want to be fruitful and we want to be productive in our business and the business to not be a burden, right? And so, you know, we applied some tools to many areas of our lives and we will talk about all of that. Then we had kids. Then we had kids. Add that to the mix. <laughs> so Nina's primary job was being a mum. Uh, she stayed at home with the kids. I continued to work. Um, you've heard me mention before here, I've, I'm in sales uh, or be in sales-related roles like pre-sales or sales support the last 20 or 30 years. Um, in that role, we have lots of deadlines which we don't set. It's set by our customers and prospects, which generally means it, we have these long days, long hours, 50, 60 hours a week is, is normal. Um, I remember presenting for, for one presentation that went for a week long uh, down on the coast. I was doing 14, 16-hour days every day until um, the presentation, which started on Monday, went to Friday. And I still remember the conversation on Saturday evening, uh, what are we doing tomorrow? And I said, well, I'm going to church. And they said, but, but we've got more stuff to do. And I said, yes, I'll come after church, but I, I, I need, no, church is a part of me. And they said, oh, look, while you're there, can you pray for us as well? I said, done deal. <laughs> so everything is a, uh, an opportunity to witness, actually. I, I travelled extensively as well, so I did a lot of uh, domestic. Sometimes I was gone every week for months on end. So I we, we had one particular time, three months in a row, every week I was gone. 
Uh, a couple of times I had to put my passport on the door so Nina would recognise who I was and let me in. So. <laughs> True. I remember when we had our first child and I think she was about two, two weeks old and Jeff went off to Indonesia you know, to a nice, what I thought was a nice cushy five-star hotel <laughs> while I'm in the trenches of motherhood. <laughs> so coming back to we, we learnt quickly and we already knew we were already building this balance into our lives about being intentional um, with how we do life, that we didn't just let life happen to us, we were going to happen to life equipped with the word of God. And um, we made this decision that we... And it became a real conviction and we even had it on our fridge for a little while, this saying that you'll never come second by putting God first. And that was just how we did life. We would never come second. And that's true for all of us. We'll never come second by putting God first in our lives. So our key verse for this morning that we're really going to gather around and, and look to impart to you from, and this will undergird every one of these areas that we talk about, is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And it says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so talking about church, what we, what we um, realised is that we don't just go to church. We don't just go to church. We are the church. This verse tells us that we're living stones, living stones, each and every one of us. So coming back to being practical... It's a bit heavy. <laughs> Jeff always says to me, what have you got in that bag, a brick? Well, today indeed I do. <laughs> so we don't build with stones anymore in our world. We build structures with bricks. And so I wanted to use that as a real visual for us this morning. I got it. <laughs> I'm stronger than I look. <laughs> um, you know, this, this one brick on its own, how much do you think that's going to build? Can that make a house? Can it make a city? Can it make a wall? It's just one brick. Each one of us, we're a living stone. And the scripture tells us that we're being built together. So we're stronger together. We're designed to be built into community and fellowship and into his kingdom together. Now you can take it. <laughs> And so individually, we build into our own lives, but also collectively as his church. So this morning, we're just going to look at three areas of life, how they intersect and how we can build godly balance into those areas of our lives. And again, just sharing from what we've learned. So um, the image for the screen, please. So you can see they're going to talk about church, family and work. So all of those, you can see that they're intersecting with one another. And they, they, they integrate and impact and affect one another. And look, as you go through different seasons of life, sometimes those circles grow and shrink depending on what is happening in your life at the time. But it's really important that they intersect and there's balance between those three circles and you need to be aware of what's happening in those. Because if you focus too much on one, you become unbalanced. And I guess the primary thing that we want to make um, mention here is that right at the centre of it all, is that personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So having him at the centre of our lives, having him as the Lord of our lives, anchors us 
um, you know, to live with consistency and victory across all those areas of life as we balance them and as we um, look to his word to help us. So he's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us his word. Yeah, look, just um, some of the things I, from my point of view, when things challenging, things happen in work, if everything's going well with my family and, and in church and all of those things are nicely balanced, I can cope with a whole lot better when things are challenging at work. Same thing, if work is going smoothly, not often, <laughs> church going smoothly, my, my, that, that whole area, and my family, we've got some challenges. Again, everything's, everything's okay. It's when I get more than two of those bubbles going crazy at the same time, that's when that centre becomes ultimately the most important because that is the anchor for everything. All right, we have to have that anchor. So no matter what challenges are happening in our spheres around us, that does not change. We sang a song, Christ alone, our cornerstone. That needs to be our cornerstone. So just looking at church and talking about church and how, you know, um, one brick can't build on its own. We're not designed, we weren't created to do life in isolation. God always intended to build his body, his bride, his church in community and um, you know that's where we really flourish when we come into community and relationship with one another and so something that's been really important to us right throughout our life is um, connecting in the church family but also connecting within a smaller sphere within church family in connect groups yeah, yeah. so so look we, we love connect groups because this is where you actually get to really do life with people it's more intimate it's right? more intimate so as a connect group, you're actually building into as well as receiving. It's actually a whole lot more two-way. Um, look, it's great to, to have the coffee and tea, free coffee and tea at the back at the end of the service and talk to people and get to know people. But where you actually really get to know people deeply is in the connect group. That's where you really get to know their heart, get to know, to know what's happening in their lives. And um, we'll, we'll talk about many things that have happened as a result of people in our connect group and the impact they have on our lives. We're really blessed um, to have several beautiful people from this church family in our Connect group last year. We had Reg and Allison, who are a tremendous blessing, wonderful living stones, um, Frank and Christine. And, and we really did in that time, didn't we? We just connected um, and we bore one another's burdens. We would have beautiful times of praying and sharing. These guys became Australian citizens and our Connect group all went to the ceremony and then we had a lovely barbecue afterwards and... And it's that faith family. And you feel edified and strengthened when you're in that community. So it is something that Jeff and I, you know, very um, passionate about and, and just have loved having the blessing of that in our lives. In fact, just in the past week, um, there was something that happened, a, a significant event, not that important to some people, but our dog of 15 years passed away. And... Um, oh. Yeah, and uh, she was part of the family and one of the ladies from our group, Lydia, she, she knew I was feeling it. I didn't even have to say anything to her and she came over with a meal and just blessed my heart. She just, you know, wanted to minister. And that's what happens when you're in that kind of community. You don't have to send an email or make a phone call to the church or whatever. You're doing life more closely with people and so they're aware 
of your needs. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with emailing the church or calling the church. By all means, please do. We'd love to care for our, our church family. But when we're in that community and we're doing life a little bit more closely together, we're more aware of each other's needs. And so when Lydia brought that meal over, um, we had some of our adult kids at home and I really felt that it was a beautiful witness that evening, even to our kids. This is what Christian love looks like in action. This is what the family of God looks like in action. So we're designed to flourish and strengthen in community. Yeah. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. And that's the opportunity to do that is best in a connect group, in a church setting. So get into a connect group, get into a prayer group, social group, service team. Begin building not only into your life but into other lives as well. So we're growing in faith and love. It was fun. We're serving God together. We're in a church. We're in connected. Family. Family. Do you want to read the scripture? Oh, I can do that. <laughs> Joshua 24, 15. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this is what we use as part of our family. We are choosing every day to serve him. And so by the time we started coming to Rhema Family Church back in 2015, we were well and truly at the tail end of the season of raising our kids. They were young adults, they were engaged um, later that year to, to be married and they're now married and married wonderful Christian men. Um, and so, you know, we've come into this church family in a different season of our lives but we want to share a little bit with you about some of the decisions that we made along the journey um, that, that built our family. And really, again, as an encouragement, whatever season, whatever place you find yourself in, you can apply these principles to other areas of your life as well, like your, your sphere of your extended family, for instance. Friends. Um, so just your, your friends, so just glean what you can. As I said, we're not saying that we did it all right. We most certainly did, didn't. We had heartaches. Um, and heartbreak along the way and lots of challenges and we're still finding our way just like all, all of us here this morning. Um, so we've got a picture of when our children were little. There we are. So yes, that is us. <laughs> Not my best side. <laughs> so coming back to that we don't just go to church, we are the church and so what did that look like? Right from a very early age, you can see both our little girls have their nappies on. So they're not even toilet trained yet, not at night time anyhow. And, um, you know, we looked at ways to integrate our faith as living stones into every part of our life. It's not a compartment. It's an intersection and integration in every part of our life. And so modelling and demonstrating and living out, you know, a passionate devotion for a living God who loves us and cares for us so personally and intimately. It was a real privilege, wasn't it, with our girls? It was. And we let the kids see us serving and living with joy, serving, serving the church, serving God. Um, we made sure we didn't... We, we spoke um, encouragingly about others in the church, whether that be the pastor, the, the, the song leader. We didn't, we didn't pull people down. Uh, we wanted to have that positive atmosphere... Um, and in the word says, you know, constantly feeling that encouragement. We've seen the reverse of that in my family, where um, my my close family member 
wasn't so encouragingly about the pastor and everything else and the church in general, not one of those kids and our grandkids are even in the church. You know, we have a real responsibility in stewardship and how we do life at home. It's not just here in the church, it's all through our lives. Yes, a Sunday lunch after church, which was kind of a thing that we had to do um, with this part of the family, you know, we'd get home and they'd be, oh, the sermon was too long or it was boring or the worship was too loud or, you know, like just negative talk. And we, I believe, discerned by the Holy Spirit that that was actually really counterproductive to the ears of little ones. And Jeff and I just thought, you know what, we don't, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that, even at that point. And so we had to kind of remove ourselves. I mean, obviously, you can't remove yourself and you shouldn't remove yourself from family. But, um, you know, we just didn't go there every single Sunday. And then when we did, we would always try to be really aware if those conversations were happening, that we'd be somewhere else or we would, um, you know, try and turn it around and say, you know, what an awesome message that was today or, oh, we love the worship, you know, because we wanted our kids to hear, again, that, our, our faith life wasn't just a compartment. It intersected with absolutely everything. Yeah. So consistently prioritised church life. And it wasn't a have to, it was a desire to be there. Yeah. We wanted to be a church. We wanted to see our friends. We wanted to worship Lord, be in the house on the Lord's day. So again, just uh, you know, obeying scripture to some degree, but it was a desire to do so. Our heart was in this place. I think one of the big impacting things for us um, was when we had kids, we really saw those children as people that we are stewarding, that they are a gift from God and how we steward them is as unto him. Now, we can look at every relationship in those terms. The people that God blesses us with in our lives, we steward them as unto the Lord. How can we be a blessing to them? How can we shine the light and the love of God? to the people in our sphere with all our quirks and foibles because the Lord knows we've got them. We all do. <laughs> and we chose friends wisely and yeah. instructed them to do so in their school years. You know, find people of like spirit. Get yeah. close to them because they're going to come up beside you. It'll be iron sharpening iron as mm. the Bible talks about. Yeah. Right? Um, there's a scripture that says 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits or good character. So choose wisely, those friends. And in that, like we were also very mindful of never being exclusive. Yeah. We're not into being exclusive. Oh, you know, they're not, that's not my kind of person. No, welcome everyone. Be loving to everyone. But the people that you have in your closest sphere that you trust your heart with, that you trust your spirit with, they need to be of like spirit. The other thing we did was pray first. So... Wherever there was a challenge, and I'd, I'd bring sometimes challenges at work and say we need to pray about this. I'd have, when I had these big presentations, the kids were praying for me as well. So they'd, I'd get home late and they know that I'd worked hard and all this sort of stuff. And they'd say, how did it go today? Because we were praying for you. You know what that does as a father to hear your kids saying they're praying for you? Oh, I used to love it. And whether they had their own issues in school or wherever it happened to be, their own challenges, they'd come bring it to the table to pray about so that family devotion time, that family prayer time was very important. And when they're sick, pray first. Then we'll work out what to do. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a good principle. Sorry, family imbalance. So how do we actually get that family in balance with church and work? You know, there were times when the kids were little, I was travelling a lot, and I'd actually try and do deliberate things to prioritise 
and see, so the kids could see that I was prioritising them. There was times when I was actually doing, building these presentations. I'd come home for dinner, do the whole bath time, devotions, bedtime routine, and they'd know once I finished and they went to bed, I was actually going to go back and do some more work on the computer and in the office. So they could see that there was a prioritisation and balance between my work at, when I could and my family life. And same with church. I already talked about how in even the middle of it, I'd still be at church on Sunday because I'd put that as a priority to balance that through. Which brings us to our third circle, work, which can be quite a challenge. So as you can see, I mean, we're all... Most, I would imagine everyone in this room, you know, there, there are demands and pressures on our everyday lives. And so God has equipped us with everything necessary to do life consistently with victory. Does it mean that battles, you know, won't come? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But we are above and not beneath. We're the head, we're not the tail. We're more than conquerors in Christ. And so, you know, we get to do life equipped in him and through him and by him. We're not in this on our own. He's given us everything necessary. He's given us his word. He's given us his Holy Spirit. So in the realm of work or whatever you're giving a large portion of your time to, um, you know, maybe somebody's pursuing higher education and that can take up a really significant part of your life. Um, one of the things that was a real revelation to us um, much earlier in our lives was that for every born-again Christian, life is ministry. Our life is ministry. Whatever sphere we are involved in, whatever we're connected to, whether we're in the workplace, whether we're serving in the church, whether we're serving in the home, we are ministers of the gospel. We are ministering. It's not a title. It's not a plaque. It's not a parking spot. It's who we are as those living stones. And so our life has a voice and we have a responsibility as believers. You know, and do we get it wrong? Yes. I remember when my little girl was two years old and I had to get down on my knees and look her in the eye and say, I'm really sorry, darling. Mummy got cranky at you and I'm sorry. Mummy shouldn't do that. And so when we get it wrong, we humble ourselves and we come back to that throne of grace and we let him restore us, we let him lift us up, we let him get us back on track. And so life is ministry. If we can see that all that we're doing, the lives and the people that we're intersecting with, might be in the grocery store, might be at the bank, might be your boss, but if we see that we are ambassadors of Christ and we carry his presence we carry his treasure in these jars of clay. It really helps us to have that balance and it helps us to let him be the centre of it all. Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm. All the world. Now, we normally think that as missionaries or pastors, but, you know, every one of us here in a workplace is a missionary to that workplace. Mm. They are the closest they are ever going to get to a church, to a Bible, is you. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Oh, I worked with one girl. <laughs> um, she was actually my boss at the time. And uh, she was into the occult, very heavily into the occult. And to the point that she had a Ouija board in her car. And if we had people come 
you know, into our work environment and, you know, she'd say things like, I can tell you what the gender of your baby is going to be, you know, and she was into this stuff and it was very real to her. And so I was living my life and sharing, you know, about my family, about my faith, about my church life. And um, I remember her saying to me one time, she said, oh, I could never come to church, could never come to church. I'd burst into flames the minute I walked through the door. That was her perception. That was her, that's how she saw God. That, you know, she'd just burst into flames if she came into a church. And then her birthday was approaching and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me to give her a gift. And so I did that. I was obedient to that. And I just asked the Lord to help me to know what even to buy for her. And uh, anyway, the day that I came into work and I gave that to her, she literally like collapsed into my arms and she put her head on my shoulder and she was sobbing. And she said to me, why would you do that? I'm such a bad person. I'm such a bad person. And, you know, in that moment, I get to hold, hold her and just tell her that God loves her, that God's love. And the only reason I would even do what I'm doing is because I know a God who loves. And so, you know, those are the kind of things where our life is ministry. We get these opportunities to demonstrate who he is in a world that is actually very anti-God and very anti-Christian principle. So we live in a culture today, you'd all be aware we've got this abortion bill coming up, where what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right. Our, our culture has really uh, moved so far away from biblical godly principles and standards. In our workplace, we come up against this kind of thing frequently. For instance, lying. There's no such thing, like as far as people that I work with like if, if you if you if you can lie to get to the end that you want to get to no problem I mean there's no such thing as a white lie there's no such thing as a white lie a lie is a lie it's either the truth or it's not the truth there's nothing in between and so you know we rub up against this and the world tell uh, the word tells us that we get to shine like stars that's in Philippians 2 verse 15 as Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine like lights in the world. We get to be salt and light. And, and that sphere presents us a lot of challenges, doesn't it, darling? It does. And look, I guess, how do I look at that whole work sphere? Oh, there's a scripture, do not be conformed to this world. We're there to be the salt and light. We are there to be that salt and light. And I look in, in the... I've recently changed jobs. Um, couple months ago and it's great because I see I see that as I've got a new mission field I've got people who I haven't shared with before I haven't been able to do that light for it so you go into that whole workplace with a different mind um, Colossians three twenty three says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for human masters that actually changed your whole attitude when your boss is being a bit of a pain yeah we all have those days that's not who I'm working for. I'm working for him. He's where I get my assurance from. He's where I get my uh, well done, good and faithful servant. So I'm after his favour. And guess what? I get his favour in my workplace. I've said that before. It's great. Um, diligence. I'm diligent about what I do because I'm not working for the person while they're looking over my shoulder or not. I'm working for my Heavenly Father. Um, 
friendly. I'm approachable. I'm not there to stamp on everyone to try and climb a ladder. Because again, where does my promotion come from? Back to my Heavenly Father again. So there's a whole lot of things I don't think about and I don't worry about because that is not my responsibility. That's my Heavenly Father's. I can trust him in that. Um, yes, I work to be the best at what I can do and I work hard at being the best that I can do. But I have integrity and values. And when people sit there and try and make those a bit loose, I remind them of the compliance. I work for public companies and so they've got a whole list of compliance, which is really good because I just can't do that and point at their own policies. It's great. And look, even when you're out with people. So I was in Singapore recently, um, went out with uh, a guy from our Sydney office. We are both there. Went out to Singapore, uh, Singapore Chili Crab uh, Giant uh, Place. It was great, if you ever get a chance. Anyway, we're sitting there chatting. I was just trying to find out a bit about him. He, I found out he was a Vietnam orphan taken in by Christian parents in the UK who already had three other kids. All right? And I said, okay, so you've... You've done, you know, you've had dealings with Christian, Christianity. Where are you now? I was able to challenge where he's at and he's ummed and ahed and did all of that sort of stuff. And, and we had a great conversation about who God is and what he means to me. Now, I'd love to say he gave his heart to the Lord, but we're working on that, okay? <laughs> Praying for him. Um, I heard him talk to his, his wife later on the phone as we we're heading back to the hotel and he said, I'm with Jeff, he's a man of the cloth. And I'm going, well, okay. <laughs> but that's, that was his thoughts based on that conversation. It was, it was a, a really interesting conversation. But how do we balance all of that? Long hours. You know, Exodus 18, Moses did too much. And his father-in-law spoke into his life and sort of guided him saying, you need to share this burden around. You know, you've got people around you, godly people, um, in your life to sometimes um, remind you that maybe your priority's not always right and you need to rebalance things. Listen to them. You know, take stock. Because what we need to do is make sure that Jesus is at the centre. And how do we actually balance those things? You know, he will give you that wisdom to help you. Nina, your workplace. Anything else? Um, look, working in the workforce in the secular context can present all kinds of challenges and I've certainly had my fair share. Um, I've had to deal with bullying. That's, you know, a big one out there that, um, you know, people are made increasingly aware of, whether it's in a school setting or in a um, um, work setting. And so finding wisdom from God, how to cope with that, how not to be a doormat but be full of grace and truth, you know. Um, we live in an unjust world the, the world and, and its values and principles are under the devil because we sign the lease to him. And so we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so again, having the balance of how, how to do life as a born-again believer, as salt and light. Um, I had several instances of actual sexual harassment. So that was unpleasant. My husband wanted to come in and punch a few lights out, as you can imagine. Is that going to be effective? No. And you know what the Lord said to me when I asked him about this one particular person who was a bit of a sheep, uh, in, no, a wolf in sheep's clothing because he professed Christianity, but, um, you know, pretty hard to put that and sexual harass harassment together. And, um, you know, the Lord said to me, because I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? 
I really don't like this person and I don't like what's happening and I just wanted to, you know, get legal about it all and, you know, enforce what I know my rights are. And the Lord actually said something really surprising to me. He said, Nina, I want you to love him. I want you to love him. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding. I do not want to love this person. Find someone else to do that for you. <laughs> and so the wisdom and the grace, again, how do you love someone that's actually persecuting you, vilifying you, making you feel horrible and actually violating some ethical principles as well in the workplace? And so, you know, this is very real. It's, it's real life. And we're all dealing and intersecting with these things. And this is why we need this word. We need these tools. And we need to know how to apply them to our lives. So we've looked at three areas of our lives. He has given us everything necessary in Christ, in family, in work, and in church. Second Peter 1.3 his divine power was bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness through the rich knowledge of the one who called us. We talked about living stones being built up as a spiritual house. We were in a connect group probably five or six years ago with a wonderful Christian man, Dr. John Wallow, for many years. And he loved shapes. He, he was a very visual person and loved shapes to describing things. And this is one of his shapes from his uh, Christian homeless, wholeness ministry. And he used to look at us in the connect group and ask us, where are we? Where are you at in this shape? And as you can see, on the top left-hand corner, I've got going well, self or other-centred. Down below is I'm not going well. And on the other axis, self-centred. And on the other one, God-centred and not going well. And he'd ask us to put ourselves, where are we in our life, in our family, in our church, on that graph? So I may not be going well, but I'm God-centred. That's okay. I may be below the waterline, but I'm actually trusting God in that. I'm trusting God to get me through whatever I'm going through in my work at the time. Things are hard, but I'm trusting Him. I'm God-centred. I'm rooted on His Word. I'm having my morning devotions. I'm, I'm doing it not in my own strength. That was okay. And we used to pray with each other in this connect group. But there's the other side here, the self or other-centred, where if I'm not doing well and I'm trying to do it in my own self, I've got to change something about what I'm doing to get back to God-centred. And even if I'm going well, and I'm doing it all in my own strength. I need to change something to get back to being God-focused. And that's the challenge today. How do we actually be God-focused wherever we are? Because if He is at the centre of our lives, He will provide the wisdom. He'll provide all the necessary wisdom, everything we need for life if we are God-centred. So there's a little bit of a waterline there because if you're under it, if you feel like you're drowning at times. But I tell you what, if you're God-centred, you're in a good place because your feet are still on a rock. The waves are crashing around you, but you are safe and secure. The challenge this morning is let's get back to being God-centred in every part of our life in our workplace, 
in our family, in our home life. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.